Right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Pop. We've got some good news on our side. Well, other than um, that, Miss Carly Barnes is joining us today, but we are in level two, and alcohol is allowed to be sold, which is amazing. And um, yeah, and cigarettes for those that smoke. Um, so that's all good news. Carly is a very smart, fun, highly intellectual, and hardworking human being. I've uh, I've had the privilege to have worked with her in the past. Always a massive smile on her face. Does everything with hardcore passion. Um, and yeah, so this is a special podcast for me. Carly Barnes, welcome and thanks for joining us. Hi, thanks for having me. Really Pleasure. appreciate it. I like hanging out with you guys on a good day. So happy to be my time. <laughs> well, yeah, before we got started on the podcast, um, Carly is based in Cape Town. We're in Joburg, so the joys of Zoom. Um, How's the cold front in Cape Town? It's, it's not a fun time for me. And I thought I was coming here with like an edge because I know Joburg winters are way worse than Cape Town winters. And every time I came here previously and visited my family and they would moan about Cape Town winters, I'd be like, you guys don't even know what you're talking about. Now I'm here. It's a At bit least cold. you've got the mountain. <laughs> At least we have the mountain. But we also have this awful wind. I'd never realized it was so intense. So have you learned well, about um, Cape have you learned about Cape Town's horizontal rain, Carly Barnes? <laughs> you know, there's some things I don't want to learn, Josh. I'm a student of life, but that's definitely something I'm not I don't I don't care to learn about. Thank you. <laughs> so Carls, we know you very well. Um, can you give us an overview of who you are for the listeners? What makes you you? your journey so far, if you like. And um, yeah, let's kick things off there. We don't want the whole podcast to end in the first five minutes. Yeah, I so, was yeah. going to say, how long do you have? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I am a Josie girl at heart, now lives in Cape Town, and I'm loving it here, I have to be honest. And that's largely because I love nature, man. I love being outdoors. I love hiking. It really grounds me. It's something that like, I've really grown into as I've gotten a bit older. I'm 35 years young. Um, I also uh, have always had this like, interest in music and the arts and anything creative. Um, I think creativity is magical. It's really powerful. So I love anything in that sort of realm. Um, and yeah, I, I've had quite an interesting journey in my life. I've got two younger sisters and two younger brothers um, and uh, grew up sort of uh, quite a privileged way, I guess. I grew up in the likes of Hyde Park and Danefern and Santon. We broke out of that. Yeah, I'm like all over from the north in Joburg. But, and I was very lucky. Um, I had, you know, anything I wanted for an amazing education. And then I, I left school. And despite my parents' wishes of wanting me to go to the beautiful whitewashed walls of Stellenbosch, <laughs> I opted for what they probably thought was a shanty town in the middle of Auckland Park, uh, this, this rough arts uh, varsity at the time, called AFTER, was film school and drama and music, and it just absolutely blew my mind, this like edgy roughness and diversity, and it just set my soul alight, and so yeah, that's right up your alley, in off. fact. Exactly, away from the white picket fences, and <laughs> <laughs> into the big wild world that's a bit of my story 
But you can also, when you need to, you swap uh, you swap all of that for those high heels and you pull it off very well, Cars. I can I can posh up like okay. no one's business. I love it. <laughs> awesome. So then from there, I mean, how how did your career, if you like, uh, kick off? So you, so you went to AFTA and and from there, how did your journey unfold? So what was quite cool, I think, about my journey is. Uh, I didn't think too much about it, which is crazy because if you know me, I'm quite a planned, organized person. Um, it was like I wanted to plan and worry about what I was going to do with my life. But before that could even happen, I was in my fourth year varsity and I was working a few gigs to get extra money, as you do as a student. Um, and what I was doing was going to events and I was um, playing like different roles, uh, like actressy roles, just to sort of set the tone and the vibe at events. And me and a couple of friends decided we were going to turn this into a business because we needed cash, man. We were varsity students. Sure. We needed money. Booze money. Uh, we needed a bit of booze money. So <laughs> we sort of stumbled onto this business. Uh, we started a business um, and it actually became quite a thing. So I was in varsity, started this business, essentially industrial theater um, and atmospheric personnel at events. And we, we worked with clients like Investec, Standard Bank, Coca-Cola, Simba. We really we worked for really huge clients. And because I was so naive, I had no idea how big and important these people were. <laughs> I would just walk into a boardroom and be like, cool, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. You know, I guess yeah. I hadn't had the chance to think about what it meant. So I just went with it. Um, and so that also introduced me a lot into the world of marketing and writing and sort of all of those creative things that, that molded me into who I am now started there. So I really credit a lot of my roots in that first sort of step into the, into the big wide world and starting my own business and learning so much from that experience. Super young, like really young, which is, it's cool to be young and make mistakes because you feel awesome, kind yeah. of bulletproof, you know? And then from there, I guess I started really, really enjoying the writing aspect a lot. Um, I was doing all our creative proposals. I was doing all our scripts. And I just loved that aspect of it. And I, I wanted to personally go and explore that more. I wanted to get into journalism. I wanted to get into writing. And um, I had a blog at the time that was doing quite well. And so I started freelance writing. I wrote a bit for Oprah magazine. Um, I did some, oh, wow. some other PR freelance work and I enjoyed it and eventually got a spot as a journalist at a film publication called Screen Africa. I'll come back to why this is such an important junction in my life later on. Um, cool. But Screen Africa was amazing. I studied film and acting and now I got to write about it. Um, and I got to also do events and also do PR. Um, and worked my way up to deputy editor there. And I actually ended up going to LA and meeting Kevin Spacey and Adrian Brody and like threw on those heels and uh, <laughs> had a very fun, glamorous time working at Screen Africa. But I, I felt like there was more, you know, I felt like there was more to it. I wanted something a bit more dynamic. Journalism can be quite serious and uh, quite intense. And I knew that that wasn't for me. I wanted to be able to express myself differently. And I always had quite an interest in business. And that's when I was, I was sort of walking on the beach with my dad in Cormacky. And uh, he had spoken to me about this company, Easy Equities. And he'd 
you know, he was involved, but he also knew people there that were really, really good at what they did. And he was like, Charles Savage, Carl Nolte, they are incredible at what they do. Just go and have a conversation with them. Maybe they can give you guidance as to what the next step could be. And I was like, great, I will take all the advice and guidance I could get, you know. Yeah. Um, so I ended up having a conversation with those two legends who went on to be my mentors and my bosses as I started my journey at Easy Equities. And um, that was a massive turning point in my life. I mean, that changed my life completely. Um, it's changed the whole trajectory of, of where I thought I was going to go. And I'm so happy about it. But what really got me into that space was the fact that I was a storyteller because I could translate these complicated ideas about financial institutions and the concept of investing and make them really relatable and easy to understand. Um, so it's weird how life does that. It takes you on this path that's supposed to, you think is going one way. I thought I was going to be giving Beyonce a run for her money and, you know, headlining. You still can, other. you can still do that. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, Carly, I think, you know, so far you've, you've covered a huge amount in terms of your journey and it is rich and, and very diverse. But I want to come back to something that you mentioned right at the start in terms of why you moved to Cape Town and, and how nature has really grounded you and grounded your thinking. And I think during this time, and we are living in the, the curveball year of 2020, full of opportunities, but also definitely full of challenges. How have you managed to stay grounded, connected with nature, connected with people during a time where we've been distanced from one another. We haven't necessarily had that social interaction that you so enjoy and thrive on. And maybe just talk to some of those things, because that's also part of the journey in terms of learning to deal with oneself and learning to deal with others around you. I told you oh, asks the hectic questions, I call. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love it, Josh. I love that question because it's been very interesting for me. When we first went into lockdown, I was secretly quite relieved to not have the social pressure of having to go out and see these people. And, you know, I'm a wanted gal. Everyone wants a piece of this. So <laughs> I'm constantly being pulled in 10 directions and so I thought two weeks of, of sitting in my pajamas and you know hanging out with my my fiance that sounds like like awesome and focus on my work and you know but actually a month in I thought I was definitely going to lose the plot um, and the main reason for that was because I just wanted to see leaves I wanted to see green I wanted to like breathe in fresh air do you know what it's like when you do to sit in your apartment and not know what fresh air or wind against your skin actually feels like, just that basic feeling. And so I've always, I've always enjoyed hiking, um, attempted the Otter Trail, couldn't finish it because I hurt my back, but um, the older I've gotten, being outside and moving my body and exercising and getting outdoors has been a massive sort of cure for anxiety, for depression, um, it's always been something that's really revived my soul um, and reminded me of, you know, there are challenges, there are mountains, but you can actually physically overcome them if you take one step at a time. And so I've always had that philosophy. But when we were able to actually get outside and we were allowed to exercise, one of the first thing I did was I started inviting my family who live here 
to join me on walks, you know, as soon as we were allowed to, because it's not like we can go out and share a bottle of wine at a restaurant. Um, I said, like, let's just go for a walk together. And actually, as much as I've taken so much learning from that solitude of being in nature, I was now able to share it with people that are important to me. And this lockdown has shown you who's important to you and who's not, I'm sure, because you realize who's, who are your core people and who are not your core people. And yeah, I was able to use that as a way to actually share the time in, in a more valuable way with my family and, and my friends. So yeah, that connection kind of got me through it in a lot of ways. Yeah, nature is also something that flows in so many different ways and that can spill over and manipulate and guide so many different elements of, of life. And I mean, you touched on in terms of the core people that many people have experienced. And when you've had an opportunity to now press pause um, and really understand the core elements that, that make and, and make your life valuable and how you can also distill that into other messages and places that you work with, not only in your physical environment, but also just in your mental, your mental states and things like that. It reminds um, me, yeah. actually, Josh, when you say that, sorry, it reminds me of, there's, there's I've been getting into these kind of themes lately and reading these kind of books um, and sort of going on my own spiritual journey as well. And Eckhart Tolle wrote a book called The Power of Now, which so many people have read, um, but I only discovered recently. Um, so I've been reading his books. And one of the metaphors that he kind of uses in terms of encouraging people to be present, and it's really stuck with me, is when you're like driving to work or when you're going somewhere and you look at a tree, just a tree that's standing on a pavement or in the middle of everything, in the middle of the city, it just stands there. Like, it doesn't matter what is happening. It can be storming. There can be a new building that goes up next to it. It's just there. It's just present. It doesn't change, you know? And so... When we were in all of this chaos, not knowing what's happening to the world, I really drew on that kind of thing. Just being, be like that. Just be there. Just, just be present. Be there. Very, very, very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's so fascinating for me, you know, in kind of as you say in this uh, tumultuous year of twenty twenty, where. It, it's been like a washing machine eh? it kind of it, it, it's crazy and then it stops a bit and then it's like shit what's happening and then it carries on again you're like what is going on um <laughs> but i think if you if you are living in the present um and especially with the people around you and and having a, a certain balance i think that's also what's what's um vital in all of this and i mean speaking of balance how's it been for you from you know a work a remote work balance um you know, you mentioned, and we'll go into a little, a little bit, a bit later. Easy Equities—they're they, based in in Johannesburg. How's that been for you, living in Cape Town, working remotely now as well? How's that been? I think there's two aspects to that. There's your own personal sort of—I uh, don't want to say discipline, but routines that I think I've had to change. I've had to change the way I view balance with myself and my work ethic. So, for example, I mean, <laughs> I think for the first three weeks, everyone wore pajamas. Um, I'm, I'm wearing them today, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I realized that I really, I get into a better state of mind. If I get up, I put on a, a 
cool outfit that makes me feel good. Yeah. I throw a little, you know, red lipstick on from time to time. Even though no one's going to see it, I know it's yeah. It sets the tone. Get you to different mindsets, eh? Exactly. It separates like work me and chilling at home me because I'm in a one bedroom apartment. So where I eat, sleep, work <laughs> out, uh, work, uh, they kind of all very much in the same space. So mentally, yeah. I had to find a way to say, okay, I'm on now. This is work, Holly. You know, this is, I'm going to. I'm going to get some shit done, you know, like mm. that. I had to find a way to mentally do that. And the other thing I, I really tried to do with work and I've had to develop the skill over a while. I've just had to adapt it in lockdown is to have goals and ambitions that are as strong outside of work. And that's because I do get really passionate about what I do and it, I, I can let it completely eclipse me. It takes over my whole life. So I've, I've had to learn to, I walk every single day. I walk three to six kilometers every single day, whether that's walking around a shopping mall or whether it's walking on the promenade or going for a hike on Lion's Head. I walk every single day. I have to move, I have to exercise. Yeah. And um, I try to do something every day that brings me joy and requires no effort. So I'm now in lockdown, a lot of the time that's cooking, um, but also playing the ukulele. 15 minutes, something that takes me 15 minutes. I don't have to plan. I don't have to think about it. I just do it. And it just brings me joy. So mentally, those are the things that I've had to make even more uh, strict on myself in lockdown um, to stay mentally okay. I, I think you need to play a little ukulele for us just now, like as a, as like an, an ending. Okay. okay. I'll have <laughs> okay. to it. It's really it. unique to me. And, and when I first met you and you told me you could play like, I was like, what? The ukulele? That is so random, but so cool. I play it so badly, and I don't care. <laughs> I, I highly but doubt uh, it's, it's bad, Carly Barnes. Um, but for those of, for, for, for those listening, I, I certainly feel like I've been involved in a narrative and a phenomenal story over the last couple of minutes as, as we've been talking. And for, for Kurt and I, when we first met Carly, and we've touched on it briefly around your ability to tell stories, and to craft narratives and string different things together. And it's, it's almost like it's a superpower. Um, and I'd, I don't know if you just want to talk to that, you know, who taught you to tell stories? Was it something that you had from a young age? You mentioned that you, you went to after you had a bit of time on the stage, you, you wrote some scripts, I imagine, and then you ended up at Screen Africa. But what gave you that ability to tell stories and to, you know, you even mentioned talking about the power of now and you spoke about a lamppost standing in a storm or next to a road. That felt like you were telling a story. So where did that come from? I was actually thinking about this the other day and it's the, the answer is a little bit embarrassing. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm the firstborn, right? So I'm the, the oldest child. And when I was little, I think, a little bit of, of this is just in my DNA, I guess, but I literally used to love just going into the garden by myself and like making up these stories. Like I would literally talk to myself. I'd have like different like accents and voices. I'd play different characters. I'd work out like TV shows. Like this is what this person would say. I'm so happy there were no like phones at that time. <laughs> <laughs> That's that great. Would be really blind. Um, but I just, I, I entertained myself. Let's put it like that. I didn't have siblings until a couple of years later. And even when I did, they weren't old enough to be my friends. And I was a bit odd. 
uh, I was a bit of a different kid. So I went to a all girls convent school and uh, I thought it was really cool on Sibby's day to wear tie dye bell bottoms and an orange fur coat and a top hat. Um, and I, I just couldn't understand why no one thought this was cool. Like all the people on MTV are wearing this. Like, why would you not think it's cool? That's um, so I had to entertain myself. I had to find ways of like kind of enjoying my own company because I was a bit odd which I love about myself now, but that was quite hard when I was a kid. And the other aspect of, of storytelling is that I have to say, my mom and my dad read me stories. My mom used to read me Roald Dahl stories, The Giraffe, The Pelly and Me, which is still my favorite book. And my dad used to sometimes make up stories. So he told me about, I think it was Bozo the dog, or I don't know, he used to make up stories um, before bed. Um, so that was, I think those things all weave together, you know? Um, and I guess that's what's turned me into a storyteller. I love it. <laughs> I love it. And now, so, Carl's, I mean, I'm, I want to touch on it a little bit because it's it's one of my favorite brands and I think is going to be one of the biggest, best brands in South Africa to come. And, and that is Easy Equities, without being biased. You guys do incredible work. It's been led by incredible people. Um, and you guys have really, really worked super hard at getting it to where it is at the moment. I, I see recently you've just hit 500,000 users, which is an incredible achievement. Um, but tell us a little bit about Easy Equities, what it is about and uh, and how one does get involved in that because everyone should, you really should, everyone should be investing. And, um, and that to me is also a very important thing in life. So yeah, tell us a bit about that. Um, so when I first started at Easy Equities, um, the trauma that I had to go through of sending an email to 26,000 people blew my mind. I think Josh had to counsel me for about two hours just to say that it's fine. I can push send. No one's going to die. It's only 26,000 people. To me, that was like an insane amount of people. And the world. The world. <laughs> oh, my goodness, if I made a spelling mistake, which I did all the time. And now 500, half a million people. And that's in the space of five, five almost six years. Uh, that's, that is awesome, crazy. Man. It's amazing. I'm so happy that I've been part of that journey. Even with you, Kurt, going back to when we were rapping about TFSAs in a boardroom. And I am throwing you under the bus here. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. The good um, old days, eh? The good old days. It's, it's been an awesome journey. Um, it changed my life, uh, aside from it being this huge passion and the people and, you know, just working there. It changed my life because for the first time in my life, like so many South Africans have, have experienced, 500,000 of them now, I've taken my, my financial destiny into my own hands, you know. Yeah. I, I have I believe that I will be able to retire. I believe that I understand my finances. I'm not intimidated by them. I'm really empowered by it. Um, and so for me, that always made me want to get up and tell everyone who would care to listen because I wanted people to, and I still want people to experience that feeling that I felt when I bought my first share. Um, there is nowhere else that you can go with 50 rand or 10 rand and become a shareholder within the space of 10 minutes. 
that's how easy it is. That's how easy it's, it's made investing for everyone. And the stories that have come out of that, that brand, that platform, are so inspiring that it, it's no wonder that it's had such an exponential effect. Because if I'm telling you how it's impacted me, imagine 500,000 people having the same voice and an equally inspiring story. So yeah, it's incredible. And there's wonderful things yet to come. I mean, Easy Australia um, is in the works. Um, it's already on the platform and available to South Africans uh, to access the Australian market. And pretty soon it will be vice versa. So it will be available in Australia, which is amazing. We're going oh, global. That's fantastic, mate. You know? So really excited about that. Um, <laughs> Just never, and, ever call a braai a barbecue, ever. Okay. Oh, okay. Deal. <laughs> I, look, I won't. I promise. Um, and easy properties, you know, more diversification for investors. They can invest in property the same way that they invest now in Happy Tech shares, you know, or whatever brand it is that you that you want to invest in. You can invest in a property. I own shares in a property here in Cape Town called the Rockefeller. So it's That's it's awesome, gone from being this this place where you can invest in shares to like a proper wealth creation platform for absolutely anyone. Um, and that's that's kind of mind-blowing in this. But now so so some people will be sitting here, okay, listening to this going, no ways I there's no ways I can go and invest in shares and in companies because I don't know what it's all about and what the businesses are all about and oh my goodness, like where do I even start? And so for you and me, it's easy because we've done it, you know, and, um, and we've seen it and reaped the rewards of it. Um, so what little bit of advice would you give someone that is kind of brand new listening to this going, no, no, I, I can't be for me because that just sounds way too, I mean, equities and, and property and what it's way too complicated. Well, I'll, I would say this to them. Firstly, I'm still learning every single day and I still can't explain some of the jargon that, you know, is typically associated with investing. Um, and I don't feel like I, I even have to. But, you know, everyone, this is a journey that everyone's on. It doesn't matter what, what level of experience you enter with. I'm still learning every single day. Um, if you've got 10 Rand, 50 Rand, 5,000 Rand or 50,000 Rand, it makes no difference. Just start. Go to easyequities.ca.za, register an account. And if, if you freaked out, if, if spending what you would spend on a cappuccino is, is too much of an ask right now, <laughs> there are demo accounts where you can just go and try it out, man. Have a go. Like go and invest in the stocks that you that you are that you are recognized, you know, for you. So who do you pay yourself? What who's your mobile provider? What who do you bank with? Where's your medical aid at? You prepare to give a chunk of your salary away to those people every single month. So go and yeah. see what it feels like to invest in, in companies that are already in your universe. And from there, I mean, I think you'll find it's it's an intuitive platform. It's easy to understand. And once you start, once you've bought your first piece of a share or a share, your, your mindset will completely change. Just take mm. that first step. This was not an intentional product punt at all, by the way, just disclaimer, but, but it is to me such, as I said, a phenomenal brand and something that every South African should be involved in. You have to put money away for your future. It's vital, guys. I mean, you can even see now, it, you know, just 
so much uncertainty. So just put some money aside, whatever you can. Go check out Easy Equities because it's my favorite investing platform. And uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that um, that you'll love it like I do. Um, but I, I've got a feeling that Josh has got a, a sophisticated question coming up next because I'm talking a lot of shit. Ooh, <laughs> exciting! I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna use this as a bit bit of a segue. So to build up Easy Equities and to try and string a few a few dots together. So Carly, you've spoken a lot about just starting. One, from an investment perspective, to challenging your own thinking, to shifting careers, taking leaps, um, and to really going where maybe your sales might not have blown you in the first first few years of your life. So if you think, and the number of young South Africans that might be feeling very unsettled with what's happening at the moment, do you have any career advice around how to help them navigate that? And then secondly, and, and this is quite a, quite a loaded question in terms of what have you felt that you have really, really enjoyed when you haven't given it so much thought? And what I mean by that is how have you really thrown yourself into something? Because you mentioned about how you have allowed work to sort of overtake your whole being. How have you really enjoyed something that you really haven't given too much thought in, but once you've dived into it, it's all-encompassing and it really makes you you. Sure, a lot of things to touch on there, but I'll, I'll do my best. Um, the podcast yeah. is pretty much done now, so yeah, when you're <laughs> finished, we can... <laughs> I'm joking. So there is... Um, who's the guy that uh, wrote uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas? What's his name? Anyone know? Blank. It's on the tip Blank. of my tongue. Anyway, let's, let's talk... Let's talk. Something to Hunter Thompson. Yes, yes, Hunter Thompson. He wrote this incredible essay. A friend of him uh, had sent him a letter asking for advice. Uh, what do I do with my life? And he wrote this incredible essay in response. And essentially that essay was, the, the crux of it was, pick a direction, but don't be caught up on every single step that you need to take to get there. So, you know, I've learned now, now that when you get hung up on those little details, when you get hung up on, I have to get this job, I have to be in this career, I see myself in 10 years being this person, you're stunting your own growth because you are closing the opportunities that are going to present themselves along the way. And so I feel like it's just when, when you, what I've learned, and if anyone out there is, is feeling lost in their career, Trust me, I know how you feel. First of all, I think every single person has moments in their life where they're like, what am I doing? Who am I? What am I supposed to be? This isn't what I expected. You know, I'm a failure. Is this what my parents wanted for me? Is this what I want for me? Everyone feels like that. Just put one foot in front of the other and let yourself be guided by what's happening in that moment. You know, by the things, things evolve very naturally. If you have an idea like, you know, I kind of see myself going in that direction. These are my natural abilities and skills, but I'm not going to define exactly what that is. If you'd asked me if I thought I was going to end up in financial services 10 years ago, I would have laughed in your face. I would have said, there's no ways, but here I am. And it's the perfect job for me, you know, at this moment in my life. So don't get stuck on something and uh, like, have blinkers on. Keep your blinkers open. The world is changing and you are changing. 
not going to be the same person tomorrow as what you are today. So be open to new things. Um, and I think he struck Mark. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, speaking to like in in a situation where not thinking about it has has been the best thing for me. You know, I I was I guess it's a bittersweet situation when you're under so much pressure and there's so much going on and you're so out of your depth, which is where I felt I was a few years ago. You know, I don't know in you know, quote unquote, I don't know anything about finance or investing. And here I'm thrown into this growing brand, you know, yeah. I've got to really get into it. It was, I felt a lot of pressure on myself. But because of that, I was not afforded the opportunity to think a lot of the time because time pressure did, did not allow for that. Things had to happen right now, decisions had to be made right now. And so I was forced not to overthink everything I did. And in doing that, I saw the results and they were often better. When mm. I was just going with my gut, going with what I believed was right. And sometimes that mean, meant asking a stupid question. And can I tell you how many people in the room just breathed a sigh of relief when they're like, oh, someone's asked the question, you know? Yeah. I was forced into doing that. And as stressful as that was, um, and as much as my, my intake of wine increased over that period of my life, <laughs> Um, <laughs> it made me realize that, you know, just showing up and just being who I am or just being who you are is enough. You don't need to plan every other thing. You have enough goods to get it done. Um, and I think and and just step, you know, and step out of your comfort zone for a bit. Test yourself and just do it. It's intimidating. It's scary. But, you know, and I think you've done this so well as you, you know, you, you took the leap, you stepped out of your comfort zone. You said, let's give this a bash and look where you are. You know, it's awesome advice. And allow yourself to be vulnerable. That is true courage and strength. Just be like, I don't know what's going to happen. This could mm. blow up in flames. I could look like a complete idiot, but I think it goes like this and I'm prepared to just be vulnerable and accept I could be wrong. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and I think it's that that empathy, Carly, you know, what you just ended with is that I could be wrong. And that I think that's something that people can take away and, and as we navigate a changing world. And if more people went into situations, sure, we must be confident in the decisions that we make, but you don't need to necessarily be so confident in the decision that when you are wrong, you can't acknowledge it. Um, and that's something that I think that, that we can all take away in, in, in terms of how we're navigating the changing environment. And building on, on the word changing or the words rather changing environment is the financial services in a, is in a different space to where it was six years ago. One from a FinTech perspective, access, democratization, some of the big words that Easy Equities is creating in the market and the disruption that it is driving, but also from a personnel perspective. Gender is obviously on the top of everyone's minds at the moment. And it's, it's, it's surprising to me that it has taken this long for people to stand up and to really talk about it. But I just wanted to get your thoughts in terms of how you've felt the financial services industry shift over the last couple of years, coming in as a person who hadn't worked directly in the industry before, what are some of the things that you are excited about and that you've seen over the last couple of years and what you would like to change going forward? And being a female, I think that is phenomenal as well. <laughs> and we need more females. So We do. Power to 
than girls out there making it happen. <laughs> yes. Um, I didn't but finish my sentence. We need more females to take power. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Take it all. No, um, yeah. I think uh, what's exciting to me about fintech in general is just the, the barriers to entry it lowers across the board. So access for clients and customers and for, you know, all kinds of things to happen um, that previously couldn't, but also for innovators. I mean... There's some incredible innovators um, out there, uh, women, uh, people of all different races, people of all different ages. There are some 15-year-olds that are in innovating more than some of the top CEOs in this country, I promise. Like, it's incredible. And your strength as a business only gets greater the more diversity you have, the more diverse voices, opinions, thoughts, challenges, the stronger you are. So I think we... I'm excited to see what comes out of that, you know. Um, and I think we've still got a long way to go in terms of, of, of women. And, you know, that's a complex, complex discussion and a complex issue. And that's all I want. I just want those conversations to happen. I want myself, I've got personal challenges for myself. I would love to be able to confidently walk into my next uh, interview or, or discussion around salary and, and really feel confident about negotiating my salary as a woman. That's something I'm really like, I feel so insecure about. It's like not something I'm, I'm used to, but I think for men that generally my sense is that that's a, a more of a comfortable thing that they can do. So the more we have these conversations, the more women talk to each other, share their experiences and help build each other up instead of being competitive and pushing each other down. Um, the further we go in our journey, there are amazing, amazing initiatives that are happening, um, you know, in, in huge companies across the world. Some of them have uh, female empowerment incentives across the business that are just amazing. There's people like Sheryl Sandberg who are writing books about it. I'm really inspired by all of that stuff. So for me, the world's not going to change tomorrow. There's always a hundred different sides of a coin. But if we can just talk about that stuff, we give less power to the negativity, you know, and we give more power to change. Definitely, Carl. And I mean, once again, as everyone can hear on this podcast, your, you know, the, the storytelling and and <laughs> you creating a, a narrative is just impeccable. So. Create the next story and in closing for us, Carl, what is on the horizon for Carly Barnes? Sure, guys. <laughs> I'm, I'm on the no plan plan, uh, but I'll, I, I've got a few milestones in mind. The one is I would really like to marry the man I love. And I hope that COVID doesn't screw up my wedding plans because I have a beautiful dress that needs <laughs> an audience. I was going to say you're 90% of the way there. So. <laughs> so I would very much like to marry my, my fiancé. He's wonderful. Uh, funny enough, just what I said earlier about Screen Africa, I'd actually interviewed him all those years back um, as a oh, filmmaker. Wow. And now I'm getting married to him. So it's quite crazy. Um, I would like to do that. I would really like to do a lot more travel. I think now more than ever, I so appreciate that. I'd love to do more traveling um, and see some beautiful places um, and keep telling stories. You know, like 
I just, I don't um, have a specific role. This is where I want to end up. I would love to do more for women. Um, I'd love to have more of a voice in that space um, and to keep innovating along with my colleagues um, for, to give more people a voice and to tell more stories and to create stories that are new and different and to shift the narrative in this country. And I, I know that I'm doing that already in the job that I have. So whoever it is that furthers that, that's where I want to end up. Oh. Carly, I know Kurt just mentioned that the, that that was the closing question, but this is this is just a, a a bit of a personal one from me. Is what what and where do you think we need to start when you tell a story, and how do you start changing a narrative? Start with yourself. So I used to um, <laughs> I used to mentor a little bit on public speaking, and and we would you know we we do like kind of. Uh, improv public speaking stuff even at easy and you get a topic you pull a topic out of a hat and it says cats <laughs> now you can go and try and talk about cats in a scientific way or you you know or you can tell a really great story about a cat that you knew or you know that's a stupid example but relate things back to yourself get personal and get vulnerable if you start from that place you will have an engaged audience immediately People will listen to you. The second you're real and you go, guys, you know, this is what happened to me the other day, or I once had a cousin who, people immediately go, okay, this person's real. I want to give them my time. So get to know yourself and understand your own story. And you can then change the story moving forward and you can share it with more people and encourage them to do the same. Love it. Carl, thank you so much, guys. You've heard it. Be unique stand out, follow your dreams and incorporate your passions with your day today. You know, if you lost within your career and you don't know what to do, just take a step back, start with yourself, take a breath. And if you need to take a leap, step out of your comfort zone.